We here at Sports Best Friends acknowledge Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people as the traditional custodians of the land, water and sky throughout Australia on which we record. We recognise their strength, diversity, resilience and deep connection to country. We pay our respects to Elders of the past, present and future as they hold the memories, knowledge and spirit of Australia. Hello and welcome to the Big Cat Chat, a podcast all about the Penrith Panthers. I am Jack Martin and I'm joined by my host, uh, co-host Nat Sinclair. How are you, Nat? I'm good. How are you? Yeah, I'm very good. Thank you. Uh, another win for us, huh? Still winning. Yeah. So <laughs> yep. The only undefeated team. I know. It's actually quite exciting because I think last year it took a couple of rounds for it to be just one team. And I think it was it was us again. Yes, of course. Um, but there was a few teams that were lagging with us for a little bit, whereas this year it's just cups the chase, round three, round four, it's just us. And it's also good because it's like a close competition, so it makes for the rest of the games to be a lot more interesting. So very pleased. Yeah, well, it, it like in general, the comp seems so much tighter this year and like mm. tipping is actually mm-hmm. something that you've got to think about now. <laughs> Yeah, like every, I, mean, I thought last week was hard, and then I'm doing this week, and I'm like, "Oh, this week's hard too." You know, it's um, it's really nice because we had a few years there, two years really, um, that were, were awful. I'm just glad that we haven't been collateral of it like Manly have. We've actually maintained our goodness, so that's a plus. Yeah, like you can definitely see where a bit of like the the tinkering of the rules has sort of brought a few teams back to the fold and, and then it's sort of like it, it, it's helped a few teams as well I think but I'm just glad that it yeah. hasn't affected us too much definitely we haven't really missed a beat which is great yeah and it's kind of put a hole in anyone's argument that we're only good because of the rule changes because exactly and like I understand why people were thinking that given that the rules changed quite dramatically in 2020 yeah. and we did go from finishing 10th yeah. to first but like yeah. in those first two rounds of 2020 we we still looked pretty decent. Like we beat the Roosters in that time. Yeah, exactly. Um, it, we, it definitely wasn't a rule change thing for us at all, I don't think. Um, no. But, yeah, no. Um, you can't say the same about some other teams, Manly. Yeah, no, no. <laughs> uh, thanks, Manly. Um. <laughs> it's beautiful. It's glorious. It's amazing. Every week gets better and better. <laughs> it didn't take as long to get the uh, Manly bashing into this one, did it? I know. It took like, <laughs> what? Three minutes. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you love to see it. <laughs> I'm almost, I'm, I'm almost sad that we don't play them again this year. <laughs> I know, I know. Like it's just another easy win, basically. I know, and just more bashing. Yeah, that's like I, I tipped them last week against the dogs, but like I was actually secretly really hoping that I'd get that tip wrong. Yeah. And uh, and I um tipped. I tipped the Bulldogs um, and I was not that stupid. They almost won. And if it wasn't for Matt Burton's kicking, they would have won. Um, I had like a real feeling about them. I definitely didn't think it was going to be this kind of um, 13 plus turbo explosion game that everyone kind of thought it was going to be. Um, Because I think people are with mainly maybe with Roosters to an extent as well. And with some of the other teams that are classically good, 
they're relying too much on the past two years rather than what we're seeing in front of what we're seeing in front of us. And what we're seeing in front of us with Manly is that they're not going to just magically wake up one week and be incredible. They've got issues. Their attack's terrible. Their errors are shocking. That's not going to fix itself overnight. Um, so, yeah, I think they're going to get done again this week. Yeah, well, like, even with that win, I think a massive sign yeah. is the fact that they went from the last time they did versus the Bulldogs was when they won 66 nil, mm. And then what, they win by exactly. one point? <laughs> and, like, the Bulldogs, I mean, they were better and they are honestly improving every week. Um, but they can't really attack. Um, and they're still a very messy kind of team to play. So they should have beaten them by more than that. Um, and yeah, the fact they only just got away with it with a field goal at the end, come on. <laughs> like that, I would have more confidence out of that game coming from the Bulldogs, just from their improvement, than from Manly. Oh yeah. Like once the Bulldogs realize that they've got a really expensive winger that they've bought that they can exactly. probably use a little bit, then like yeah. they're actually going to be kind of scary. Yeah, I agree. Uh, yeah, until then, he's just, you know, he's nothing compared to young Taylor and May. Oh, the king. Yeah. I can't believe it's taken this long for us to get the good May. Like, I feel like it's honestly a reward for everything we've yeah. been through for the past few years. Like, this is our reward. This is what happens, you know. This is our good karma coming out from dealing with Tyron May for such a long time. So thank God Taylor is an absolute oracle. I love that rather than like the premiership being our reward, it's the no, because he ruined that too. <laughs> Thanks so much. Thanks so much, Tyrone. He ruined that. He ruined the premiership. So now finally he's gone. He's in France. He's overseas. Like he's not anywhere near us or our players. And we have this lovely little award, which is Taylor May. Victoria just pulled the funniest face at me because she's pointed out to me the fact that every single episode we find a way of wedging in the fact that we don't like Tyrone May. (laughs) We've just got to make sure. Let us be free. (laughs) We need to distance ourselves. Yeah. Yeah. We've just got like, like what if someone didn't listen the week before we've got to put in another disclaimer. They can't, you know, I still get people every time I tweet about somebody bashing up someone in an RL or cheating on their wife or sexually assaulting someone without fail i get people saying oh i bet you were you know tyro may's best friend no no search his name in my twitter and you'll find that's not the case so yeah. we, you know we can't say it anymore <laughs> yeah not to name names but there's a very specific example of that involving a manly player but um yeah, yeah. <laughs> oh there is yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> not going to name names, but he's not listening anyway, so it's all right. Oh dear! Uh, yeah, <laughs> we should we should just do that where we just turn this. If we keep winning and it gets a bit boring, we should just turn this yeah. into like a Twitter call out podcast, like a soapbox. Yeah, yeah. I think that's a great yeah. idea. <laughs> <laughs> Inventing. It's your way with the premiership. So for all you listeners who don't know, we record this podcast on a tuesday evening um just so we can get it out after we get the team list and we normally record it about like six ish but we're recording a bit later tonight which has actually come in handy because we've actually gotten the news through the about Mm. mitch barnett have you seen i have six weeks yep what do you think of that not impressed (laughs) i'm not impressed um six weeks like 
I'm so confused. <laughs> um, I think it, they tried to go for careless and they got in with reckless as well. So I just don't understand why it's six weeks. Um, we don't see that happen very often in NRL these days, which is really good. Like I actually can't remember the last time we saw something like that. I think a few years ago, I remember, I think Latrell may have hit not for Luma without the ball, but it was a little bit different. It wasn't as sinister as what we saw on the weekend. Um, and I just don't understand why, like six weeks to me isn't enough to really warn others off doing it. Um, it's, it, he didn't have the ball. He had come to a complete stop. Like it's got nothing to do with the game. There's no excuses for it. There's no mistakes here it wasn't an accident it wasn't it was intentional he may not intended to hurt him but his act was intentional it was fully intentional it's not like when you're going to tackle somebody and you accidentally clobber them across the face like you know that can happen people are sliding you know things happen but he was stopped and he raised his forearm to his jaw like how are we not in the eight week plus territory i don't understand yeah, especially when, like you said, this kind of incident is one that we just don't see anymore. And you don't want anything like that sort of creeping back into the game the way it was a completely off-the-ball incident. And it was so late that the cameras almost didn't pick it up. And it was high. It was direct with the elbow to his chin. And I understand that he would have been given seven weeks, but he pleaded guilty. But if you look through the reports of what happened tonight at the judiciary, he didn't mm. sound like someone who thought that he was guilty, but he just took the yeah. guilty plea because yeah. it got him that's one me. less week. Obviously. Yeah. And like, you're not going to not take them. I'm like, that's just stupid. No one's going to do that. Yeah. And then even with that, seven weeks itself doesn't feel like enough. Like I agree that it should have been at least eight. When you consider, like, we all, for the most part, had a massive go at Latrell Mitchell for his hit last year on Joey Manu, and he got six weeks for that. And that's what I that's that's what I'm confused by. Yeah. Like, I don't think this was as, this was worse than Latrell's hit. This was a lot worse than Latrell's hit. Hundred percent, it was. And like, you know, Latrell's like hit Latrell, was pretty bad, but this yeah, is much it was worse. Bad. And I, I know Latrell was so silly and there's no excuse for what Latrell was doing, but he's an aggressive player and he was trying to stop a play. This is, there's no intention behind this beside I'm going to clobber him in the jaw. Like that's the end of it. He's trying to say that he thought he was going to come into his defensive line, so he's trying to palm him off. Why don't you just let him fall to the ground and milk a penalty? We see that happen yeah. every week. Like, yeah. like. I, I don't think, like, I don't think he was intentionally hurting Chris because I don't think he had anything going through his brain. I think it was this colossal brain snap where there was no thoughts, no, nothing happening in that brain of his. Um, and I just don't get it. How can that be the same as Latrell's? And I know there's legal ins and outs of it, and I haven't looked at the decision enough to understand what's happened here. But, I mean, I really do think it needs to be eight weeks plus, eight to ten. Yeah, 100%. Like, I I agree that, like, he just clearly was not thinking at all because yeah, I, I highly doubt that he had the thought in his head, I'm going to run up and elbow this guy in the jaw for no reason because, like, yeah, 
I'd Wouldn't like to fun. think that people just don't think that way. It's probably a bit naive of me to think that people just don't in general, but not like on, on a, like how many cameras are at a game? He's not going to be thinking I'll do that on purpose. Like, well, he's not going to be like, have it like premeditated, but he still did it. And exactly. it was awful. And like, do the Knights pick him once he's available again? Because can you trust a guy like that? In a what was a top of the table clash, well, they ruined, they they ruined their chance of winning. Yeah, they've had yeah, they've had a great start to the season, and they probably would have won that game if they had thirteen out there, given the way the game went. And yeah. they've lost the top of the table spot to a team that isn't going to lose many games this year. Mm. And they've really like he's absolutely screwed them in that situation. Yeah, and like they kept. I, I was at the game, so I'm not sure if like the commentators were saying much about it when they were showing this, but the fact they kept showing on the screen him like upset in the change rooms. And like mm. I'm I'm glad he was upset. He deserved to feel that way because of yeah. his actions. Yeah, he did. It's a consequence at the end of the day. And I don't think like I saw that his Instagram was on private. I'm very grateful for that because I don't think he would deserve what's coming his way in terms of people, you know, yeah, no, and stuff yeah. like that. Um, but to me, I mean, someone actually tweeted me and said that they were at the game. For me on the TV, I saw, I didn't see him go up to Chris at all. I thought he just kind of did it, ran away, then got sent off. But someone actually did say he showed some concern for his welfare, which was, which is good. Um, but again, I think he was upset that he got caught. I don't think he was upset that he potentially hurt someone because he didn't look very upset after it had happened. No, he really didn't. And then his actions after, yeah, at the judiciary, like it, like not so much defending himself, but the manner in which he has, I yeah. think, says a lot about him. And like I've, yeah. I've heard interviews with Mitch Barnett before, and he seems like a very sort of honest kind of bloke um i i actually i don't like him uh, after the tyrone peachy incident even though that was never proved but like you don't we don't make it up yeah no and it didn't it just didn't sound like him normally the way he was talking tonight and i'm Mm. like i i don't think you genuinely believe that you didn't hit him that late or you didn't hit him first point in the jaw. Like I, I can't believe the way that everything tonight happened. And then, yeah, just such a, mm. it, it's a slap on the wrist really. When you think They're about like, some oh, other suspensions that we've had before. Totally. I mean, even if you look at like Jackson Hastings, who is sitting out for three weeks. Yeah. Is, is this double that? It's <laughs> way worse than that. Um and I think, like, with all these football players, they're, all they do, they're just surrounded by yes people, you know, managers, friends, whatever, who will be like, no, mate, you're not in the wrong. The world's against you, X, Y, and Z. And they don't really cop consequences from, from the people around them. So this is an example where you could actually put some consequences into him, you know, like, it's still a lot of time to be sitting out. But I just think if it was, you know, more towards the eight, nine-week mark, it would send more of a statement. But, you know, could be worse. Just yeah. a little bit disappointing. Yeah, 100%. Like, I think they should have made a bigger statement, but at least at least he has been suspended, so there is some form exactly. of justice in amongst it. 
expert. I just love the game. But more than that, I love the community. If you're a fan of Rugby League or the NRL, you'll love Big T's Tees. Unique, affordable and made for fans. Find a link to the online store in the show notes below. You'd look good in one of Big T's Tees. So the other big news coming out this week is the Prince of Penrith, Nathan Cleary, (laughs) has been named to start this week's game. He's finally back, huh? Yeah, God. I was actually talking about it on another podcast and I actually like was getting so excited just thinking about, hang on, we haven't had him the past three weeks. Like I've barely noticed that he hasn't been there because Sean O'Sullivan's done such a great job. And like to think that we've been attacking so well and last year whenever Nathan was not there, he would just be a disgusting, disgusting display of, <laughs> of, of I don't want to swear on the podcast, but it was awful. (laughs) And we've been attacking so nicely. Um, So, yeah, I haven't even noticed he's gone. And then I'm like, hang on, he's coming back. This is going to be amazing. Like, it'd be great if Martin and Fish came back with him. So fingers crossed. But, like, to think that we're not at our best right now, it's just so exciting because we've been playing really well. Yeah, I think it's been a massive credit to particularly Sean O'Sullivan, but our entire oh, team, massively. the way they Jerome Luai. Yeah. The yeah. way that, well, like Luai ended up with a Dalian point out of this week, didn't he? Oh, he was brilliant. Yeah. yeah. He's really stepped up. And I don't think people have really, I mean, we might talk about it later <laughs> in our three shoe ones. Um, yeah. But I might save that for then. But yeah, he's great. Yeah. And like the fact that we've come through like, unscathed in terms of competition points through this period without Nathan, where our first uh, like our first two games of the origin period without him last year, we were zero and two disgusting and we looked awful. And we were versing, we versed two teams that didn't make the the eight. Yeah, yeah, exactly. It's quite, it's quite realistic that at least one of the three teams that we've versed this year is going to be in the eight. Yeah. And like, oh, yeah, for sure. Particularly Newcastle have looked excellent this year. And yeah, whilst they gave, awesome. yeah. yeah, whilst they gave us a scare, it wasn't mm. to do with the fact that Nathan wasn't there. No. Like, like we've, we've certainly, we haven't looked unstoppable this year, but it hasn't yeah. been due to the impact of Sean O'Sullivan being in there. Definitely. But there's not. been no, other no, no. slight issues. Yeah. Yeah. And the fact that we're going to get the best player in the world back. Mm. It's just amazing to me. And like, I'm so excited. Yeah. And like, it's, it, we know how much of a, a driven and motivated player he is to be better and better mm. every time he plays. And it's just going to be like great to see what level he'll be at by the end of the year if he can get through it without any more injuries. Because I'm not, yeah. I'm not expecting him to get three points on his first game back. But no. to be honest, it, it wouldn't surprise me greatly if he did though he doesn't really miss a beat he's pretty chill he's a pretty cool customer yeah (laughs) but yeah like it's i'm just so glad that he's back there was something about i don't know how you view the team sheets when they come out on a tuesday but i always Mm -hmm. go on the panthers app and i specifically watch the video of it oh do you oh no i don't do that that's so fun though (laughs) yeah well i i i like mute every group chat I have that talks about footy um, at about 3.30 so that I don't get any spoilers once the team yeah, list comes yeah. out. 
Of course, and yeah. There was something about hearing, like, as I'm listening to it, Zach, Bo- Zach Bailey going, your co-captain and halfback, Nathan Cleary. Mm. And yeah. it was just him standing there with that really average beard that he's got going at the moment. And it, it just felt right, you know? Yeah, no, for sure. Uh, I wonder if we'll see the beard this weekend, whether he'll shave it off or not. I think we'll have a mo happening. Yeah. The celebratory I'll, mo. It sounds like he's, yeah. Yeah, I don't mind the mo. Like, it, it looks awful, but, like, yeah, I, I think he's just proving to everyone that he's a true Penrith player. Like, <laughs> Definitely. They've this... all got something, don't they? <laughs> yeah, yeah. Like, first it was the mullet, and then he thought, oh, I need to put a bit of a moustache with it. Yeah. Just to, yeah, just to make it. Yeah, at first, I remember when we first saw it last year, I was horrified, but then it kind of grows on you. Um, and when you're the best player in the world, you can do whatever you want to your face um, because you just can pull it off. You know, you've got that energy. So, yeah, it's going to be interesting to see what he turns up in. Yeah, exactly. It's not like Corey Norman going to his blonde hair. Oh, he's, oh. Yeah. <laughs> that got another Brown, shocked Dylan face. Brown's actually, Dylan Brown's actually playing well now, so I can't say that about him anymore. Dylan Brown can yeah. carry off at the moment. Yeah, he actually had a very good game on Saturday. So. Yeah, he's been really good. <laughs> yeah. Credit to you, Dylan. But not none to Mitchell Moses, but credit to you, Dylan. <laughs> and credit to Ray Stone too. I feel so sorry for yeah, him. Yeah, credit to Ray Stone. Poor Ray. Good yeah. for you. You know, that's one way to go out, isn't it? Yeah. Like I, as much as like it was great for us the way that he ended his season last year, I'm glad that he was able to go out in like as a hero this time mm-hmm. around. And I okay. know that on a level you're rooting for if Penrith don't win it for Parramatta to just so that your prediction will be right. Yeah. Yeah. I, <laughs> um, I don't think they're going to win it anymore based on what I'm seeing um, because I'm just seeing much of what I saw last year from them. So yeah. like I expected them to kind of grow and I haven't really seen that yet. So yes, I am at this current stage. I would not put my life savings on my prediction. Um, and I would much prefer we win it. I think when I made that prediction, I actually didn't think we'd come out like we have this year. I kind of thought we'd just have a year that, you know, it's a bit forgettable. But now I'm like, hang on, we actually are going back to back. So what a silly thing for me to say that Parramatta won't win the premiership when we're going to win the premiership. Like, hello. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I always read your prediction with a bit of an asterisk anyway because I knew that secretly you <laughs> meant in, if Penrith, Penrith don't win. Yeah, <laughs> yeah exactly. Okay, so last Saturday in Bathurst, Penrith Panthers managed to win against the Newcastle Knights. What was the what was the final score? Thirty-eight to twenty, wasn't it? Yeah, it was eighteen points. Yeah, it? yeah. Uh, what did you think of the game, Nat? It was quite enjoyable. <laughs> um, the first half was a real arm wrestle, and I'm actually like disappointed that Barnett did go off because I think it did rob us of what could have been a fantastic contest. And I do want to test us against the best. I don't want to get a free run. I don't want to be playing teams who told men. You know. Like, you you really do, especially at this early stage in the season. I want to see how he would have gone against Newcastle if it was a full game, you know, because they may have won. They were looking awesome. And the fact that they, you know, managed to put the pressure on to the point that was six points in it with about 10 minutes to go is a massive credit to Newcastle. But the stars of the show, Taylor and Targo, they're just thrilling to watch. It's just they've got such confidence. The kids that have barely played, 
close Taylor's second first grade game, and I don't know what it was for Targo, but it would be under 10. Like, they've just got so much confidence. I don't know what they're feeding them out there. Like, they're like mini Visa and Crime. It's like it's the same energy, and it's infectious. It is so fun to watch. Um, and, yeah, it's just this new next gen coming through, doing the same thing that we're seeing from them. So, yeah, I really enjoyed the backs shining. Even Charlie Staines had probably his best game I think I've ever seen him play. He scored that try, which was good. He was really like running the ball with a bit of oomph, like a bit like Dylan Edwards rather than just kind of falling to the ground like he usually does. And he also made a really good try-saving tackle as well in that second half, which was awesome to see from him. Dylan was fantastic as usual. Um, I think our forwards is where we kind of fell a little bit and that was expected because we didn't have fish and martin and they really and leota as well and they really do mean so much to our team um so it was definitely the back show there um but yeah it was a fun one to watch it was it was quite entertaining with all those tries being scored yeah it was it was definitely an entertaining game in that it was high scoring but not like you weren't watching it going oh these teams are bad like you do with yeah, a lot of no. high scoring rugby league games. You're not cringing. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Like it was still, it still had that like top four intensity to it. And yeah. our, our backs and in particular that left edge were just amazing. Like yeah. you're right, by the way, in that Tago's played less than 10 games. I just checked and yeah. Saturday was his ninth game. So you, wow. you're on the money yeah. there. And like, <laughs> just, <laughs> yeah, yeah. You got, you cut it close, but you got there. Um, yeah. And that connection that he had with May, you could see that they'd played with each other oh. a bit last year in New South Wales Cup because it just felt like they linked up perfectly. And yeah. it just shows that even missing someone like Brian Toto, that mm. we've just got all these players coming through one after another. And mm. I think you're right in that that was probably Charlie Staines's best game in first grade yeah, it was and like that I'm includes so games where he scored four tries before and he's oh, easily better than yeah. that and I think yeah. I think May playing so well is probably mm. like was probably a bit of a lift for him in that yeah he saw that you know once Brian's back if Taylor keeps playing that well there's not going to be a spot for him and it kind of forced yeah. him to find another level and you're right he did make a good try saving tackle he's he's actually got pretty decent positioning defensively for mm. a winger. Um, I just think mm. the size of his body lets him down sometimes, which we also see yeah. at times when he's making yardage carries, but he was yeah, much better at both aspects of that this weekend. Like it seemed like the size of his body didn't get in the way and hold him back, which was really no. good to see because he's such a talented player. Yeah. And it was really nice to see all the backs clicking because like Crichton was class as he always is mm. and yet yeah, tago it, it, like really we know that matt burton is a better player than isaac tago is at this point of his career but like watching him play and the way that he's been to start the season you almost don't miss him like i don't miss him <laughs> yeah no like, like I'd, I'd love yeah. to have him back but yeah I, like i'm not like sad that he's no. gone and we have it's just not noticeable it's not noticeable at all yeah like the way I think it was the second at uh, Taylor's it was either his second or third try 
the one where yeah. Tego like skipped like inside and outside a defender and then just yeah. on a split second put that grubber in. And like yeah. you know, the way he just did that, like using mm. pure reflex just shows how much of a naturally great player he is. And yeah. there's been a bit of like discussion about where his future is, whether it's centre or whether it's second row. If he keeps playing like that, he's got to stay in the centres because... Oh, absolutely. He provides something amazing at centre that you sort of, you want in the centre position rather than in the second row. Like he would almost be a bit of a waste as a second rower, I think. No, I totally agree with that. Yeah, I totally agree with that. And I think that he's just so sparky, you know, like every time he gets the ball, you're like, ooh, what's going to happen here? He's also good in defence as well in that centre position, which is really important. Like, you, you should have good defenders in your backs as much as you do in your forwards. So I think it would be a waste for him to go to the second row. Um, he's just brilliant. And, and it's to the point where if someone was to say, would you like Matt Burden to come back tomorrow, but Tego doesn't play, I'd probably say, let's push on with Tego. Um, he just slots into the team so well. He seems to have a really good partnership with Tony, Taylor May. Um, and I don't know. It's just I'm... It's crazy to think that we have let this fantastic what center of the year last year go, and then the person who replaces him is this freak. <laughs> We're so lucky at the moment with the depth that we've got. Same thing with Nathan Cleary not playing, Sean O'Sullivan just slotting in there. Like we are so lucky, and it's so fun to watch. Yeah, and like it, it's one of those things where you go Matt Burton he seems like a generational talent and he is he is he's awesome i love him but isaac is just playing so well that and obviously you know we're only a few rounds in but Mm. it's it's just there for him and you can see what everyone was talking about before he Mm. debuted because there's there's been a lot of centers and a lot of players in general that have looked great at that Mm. level below the nrl that just haven't quite cut it and yeah. I think you're right about the energy that they have. And mm-hmm. the word arrogant gets used a lot to describe Penrith players. And mm-hmm. I think it's I think it's correct, but I think it's like productive arrogance, like positive arrogance, where they're just, just they're just confident. It's and just fun. Yeah. Like they it's they, just fun. Like they, what are you gonna do? They you're... enjoy every moment that they spend together as a team. Yeah. And I don't see I, what the issue is with it. I don't think I think people are really piped down, to be honest. Um, since we won the premiership, in respect to that, but it's funny because people who I who I might watch Penrith games here and there, like a lot of my friends will watch it if it's like the grand final or a big game or if it's on, and they'll tell me oh, I'm watching the Panthers, um, and they're complete casuals, have no idea what's going on, and they're like they're so fun to watch. Like I think to a casual observer, it's fun seeing them. You know leave it up and have this energy but then maybe to like an nrl fan it's perceived as arrogant but you know i was listening to bloke in a bar this week actually and they were talking about the west tigers and they were comparing them to say the bulldogs and they were saying like the bulldogs obviously aren't great the tigers aren't great but the bulldogs come out with a really good energy especially this year like you see josh Adokar really like whooping them up a bit and like you know they look excited and happy to be out there and then the Tigers kind of feel flat every time they go out there. They don't look excited. They don't have the energy. So I think this perceived arrogance is actually a really good trait to have in your football team. Um, and everyone should have it. 
everyone should have it. I don't care if you're coming last. You should come out there like you're going to win the comp because I actually do think it pumps you up and, you know, gets them excited for the game. They love playing together. And what could be wrong with that? Yeah, like I, I think to a level, to be an athlete at the top level, you need that arrogance. Yeah. You need to believe in yourself. And I've seen plenty of Penrith teams over the years where they've walked out with this body language that they don't think they can win. But I look, you watch this team now and they genuinely believe that they are better than every single player that they're coming up against. And yeah, I mean, they're backing it up to a large extent. Totally. It's just amazing to see. And you're right about like the way that the Bulldogs now are with Addo Carr. You see that every yeah. time there's a break in play or something like the Bulldogs make, might get a penalty or the other team will knock it on. You see him just like, like pardon the pun, barking at them. Yeah. To yeah. Like get up and to lift their heads up and to go direct and to be confident the mm-hmm. way they play. In a hyped and, up way, not in, not in like your, yeah. your shit way, in like a hyped up way. Yeah. And like, it's, it's such a thing that you, you need to see more from players. Like, I think that's the kind of thing that for years our teams would make an error and like their heads heads. would just drop. Totally. Yeah. And I remember, I think it was, it would have been 2017 when we had a, we had a pretty poor start to the year. And I remember we were losing to Parramatta and behind the goals, I remember no one was talking, like not even Moylan, who was our captain, mm. but Peter Wallace was in there like yelling yeah. at our players, trying to pump them up. Yeah. And it yeah. shows how important it is to have leaders like that in your team. And mm. they, we seem to have just created that culture at Penrith where all of the players have that, even players who are yeah. normally mutes, like a Fisher-Harris. Yeah. Yeah. Like yeah. He, he just has to say a few words. And it mm-hmm. works for them because yeah, you know that totally. it means something when he says it. Yeah. And it's such a positive thing to see. And it's reflecting with when we have this sort of next man up attitude with players like Tago mm. coming in and just destroying that edge. Yeah, it's just fun. And I think that there was, you know, moments last year where people may have thought it was taken too far, similar to when, Crichton brought like that Raiders player into celebrations and stuff like yeah. that and maybe like don't do that you know like probably not the best look you know you can still have fun but just have fun with your own teammates and then no one gets upset um but honestly if I was a professional football player I'd be going out doing the same thing like it's fun it's, it's competition it's you're having the time of your life you get 80 minutes a week to go and do what you do best enjoy it you know I love it yeah like with that incident like it was that was it was probably the wrong thing to do but it was really funny so I'm still happy yeah. that it happened <laughs> but I, I I do understand why it annoyed Canberra fans and Tarpany himself because I would have been annoyed too like if a if a player did that to Penrith I would be mm. absolutely fuming so like I get I get why there was a bit of a a perception that way of Penrith last year before yeah, we yeah. won a comp. But like I a lot of the negativity I didn't really understand. And I think you're yeah. right in that it has died down a little bit because mm. everyone seems to acknowledge that like oh okay yeah they have won a comp now. 
And for a large part, I think people are focusing more on the way that certain other players at other clubs have dropped off this year rather than yeah. like fo- focusing their energy on being annoyed at the good players for enjoying how good they are. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, so that's that's good to see. Like, it, obviously, there were a few issues with the way that we played. Like you said, that that you were happier with the backs than the forwards, yeah. and it, it is understandable. But it was it was noticeable the way that um, Fisher Harris was missing and Leota was missing, mm. and like we said, Eisenhuth is solid, but not a game breaker. And Lenu has the potential to be a game breaker, but perhaps not the stamina to be a mm. starting prop at the moment. Mm-hmm. And then we did lose Liam Martin before the game and then Chris Smith during the game. And it was noticeable in the middle of the way that our players seemed to be falling off tackles a little bit. Mm. And so our defence sort of had to compress and it led to Newcastle, despite having one less player out there, just getting a lot of space out wide to score those tries. Yeah. And, and that was a slight concern, but at least we know that it's like it's only due to the fact that we have so many players out at the moment. Exactly. Like and you've got to take, you know, I'll take what I'll take what they're putting down right now, you know, especially considering the circumstances. It's not going to be perfect, you know. The first game was pretty close to perfect. Yeah. So the second two haven't been, you know, phenomenal, but they're still far beyond what we were doing last year and far beyond what we really have a right to do, given the outs that we have. So I'll I'll take them, you know. Yeah, I like I'd rather win ugly than lose pretty. Yeah. Like like I'll I'll take us scrapping totally. out yeah. scrapping out a win against the Knights with five players out injured than yeah. you know scoring a bunch of points, but it, at the end of the day, meaning nothing. Like, I'd rather be Penrith yeah. than be the Titans. Yeah, totally <laughs> like, agree. Totally like, cause, agree. Because they yeah. can look cool, but they're not going to win anything. Yeah, so, exactly. <laughs> it means nothing in the end. Yeah, yeah. I totally agree. Yeah, so, like, like whilst it, it, it hasn't been, you know, we haven't been giving, you know, A-star performances since the first game, but mm. we're still winning. And given the circumstances, exactly. I'm more than happy for us to keep doing that because... Like, you don't want to click and be amazing in March or April anyway. Like, we're aiming for September yeah, exactly. and October. Yeah. So, I like, whilst, yeah, I'm still happy with how everything's been going. There's no complaints from me. Yeah, me too. Very happy. Okay, it is now time for our votes this week for the Dally Mitch medal. Uh, there was, there were, I've got a few new players this week. I'm not sure about you. Uh, do you want to get us started oh, with your who you gave one vote to? Yep, my one vote went to Taylor May. Um, fantastic second game back. Very exciting for us because we've been calling for him to be in a team for, for some time. Every time you get the he gets a ball, it's just very exciting, um, and I can't wait to see more of him. Yeah, he was fantastic, especially when you consider mm-hmm. that it was only his second ever game of first it's grade. It's crazy. It's freakish. Yeah, and his first game against the Roosters, like 
he didn't look out of place at all. But no, he didn't. It felt like it felt like this was his sort of like coming, coming out game, game where he announced yeah, to the totally. NRL that he's here. Yeah. And it was, yeah, it was amazing to see. Um, you might see him a little bit later on on my list. Uh, <laughs> I'm not surprised. Yeah. <laughs> I actually gave my one vote to Stephen Crichton. Ooh, I nice. thought I thought it was a bit harder to notice how good he was during the game just with the fact that the he was on the right edge and the left edge played so brilliantly. Mm. But I thought he was just excellent as always and he's getting better and better every week i think that he's able to play in his natural position like he he is last year he wasn't as brilliant i don't think as he was in 2020 but he was getting shuffled around the back line because mm. he's so versatile and he's so skillful yeah. but yeah. i think he i think he showed a lot of maturity in his performance on Saturday, yeah. given that he was the senior backline player, aside He's, from the fullback. Yeah, totally agree. Which, yeah. how often has that happened for him, really? And, yeah, no, I agree. And I think he, without, like, he, he didn't, I don't think he scored a try, but the way he sort of led the way for all of those outside backs when what, he's only, what, 20, 21, but he was still get the senior out of all of them and I thought it was yeah. I thought it was a different kind of good performance than what we normally see from Stephen Crichton and so I found that really positive because now that we now we know that he can sort of do it both ways where he can win us a game on a flashy play like he did throughout the finals last year or he can win it just by doing his job doing as his a rugby job. league player yeah yeah yeah, yeah. Okay, who did you have? Um, for, yeah, sorry. Yep. For my two, my two goes to Jerome Luai. Um, I think he's been low-key very good the whole season. I think last year we saw him perhaps go a little bit missing when Nathan wasn't there, and this year he's done the opposite. He's stood up. It may not be in flashy plays, but he has been the support that those backs need, and he's just a really good link-up player. Um, and I think we saw that probably more than any other game on the weekend. Um, and I think that also gave Sean O'Sullivan the, t- the chance to, to relax into the role like he has um, and just had no pressure on him. So, yeah, Jerome got my two points, probably somewhat overdue, I think, for these awards. Um, and, yeah, no, really impressed with him. Really, really impressed with him. Yeah, Jerome was fantastic on Saturday. I really enjoyed the fact that, throughout this period he has been able to still play that same role and just sort of be like yeah be the spark plug for our Mm. back line and be able to be the one that then you know turns it on and goes all right we're attacking now and I I thought yeah he was excellent at that on Saturday and I agree it's probably the game where he showed it the most so far this year like, I know he got a chance to score a try in round one, and he was also excellent in that game. But that yeah. was against a considerably worse opposition based on what we've seen this year. And yeah. this Newcastle team haven't been leaking points. Like, they'd only conceded two tries in two games up until Saturday. And he had a big role to play in letting our back line shine like they did. And he was the yep. facilitator for all of that. And I, I yeah, agree, exactly. he was fantastic. 
Who's my, your two? My two, I went with Isaac Tago. Uh, we've already talked about him for what feels like half the podcast, but it, it's there's a reason for it. You know, he, he was great. Mm. And I think in a similar way to Talon, it was probably the game where he really announced himself as this is his spot. Like there was a yeah, bit of speculation absolutely. over who that role would go to, whether it would be him or whether they would go with one of the more senior choices that is in New South Wales Cup, like a Robert Jennings, who wouldn't have been a bad choice to play centre for us. But yeah. he's taken this opportunity and made sure that he is not getting dropped you know what at all this season unless he falls off dramatically which it just doesn't feel like that's going to happen at all and without the plays that he created on the weekend we don't score anywhere near as many points as we did and it was his link up with Jerome that really helps that and yeah that's why I went with him for my two points well, I went with him for my three points. So nice. I don't think, I actually don't think there's anything more to say that we haven't already said. I like yeah. to become the Isaac Tago chat. So um, yeah, you can go right ahead with your three points. I don't know who it's going to be. Yeah, well, I agree that we're, we're almost running out of words for Isaac Tago. Like towards, yeah. the, end of, towards the end of me talking Eight about him just then, the I, was like, I was like, I don't want to repeat myself, but he was great. Like, Yeah, he really uh, was. Uh, my three points, I went with Taylor May. Uh, oh, there we go. Yeah, yeah of I, course. I think, you know, any game where you score three tries is going to get you pretty high up the list. But the fact that he did more than just score those three tries was excellent to me. Like we've, yeah. I think the only other hat trick I think we've seen this year is Ravalawa. And I think aside from that, he didn't do an amazing deal in that game against the Warriors where mm. like he, he scored those three tries, but we're still rocks and diamonds where Taylor scored those three tries, but was a diamond for every other play that he was involved in throughout the game. Yeah. And it takes a pretty special performance, I think for a winger to be the best player or one of the best players out on the field. But I mm -hmm. think he produced for us when we needed him most. And I yeah, think I it really agree. showed that, you know, we, like Brian will be straight back into the team when he's available because he's, in my opinion, the best runner in the world. Yeah. But like we're, we're in safe hands until then. Like it's another Sean O'Sullivan, Nathan Cleary type situation, I think. And yeah. it, I like, like I said earlier, I think it made Charlie Staines more accountable for his performances because it's healthy competition yeah like there was a bit of a question before round one over that right wing spot whether it was going to be charlie's or taylor's and charlie hasn't stepped a foot wrong so far this season mm. but i think mm. there are even more questions about who gets that spot once brian's back than there were before the season even started and yeah that is such a positive selection headache to have and i'm so so happy just with our team and all the players that come in and do their job. And I okay. thought he was the epitome of that on Saturday. I completely agree. Yeah. We're almost going to run out of words for him soon. <laughs> <laughs> There's too many good players. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, those are our voice. Uh, 
votes. Those are our votes (laughs) this week for the Dally Mitch medal. Um, I know Isaiah's got a pretty considerable lead at the moment, like he does in the Dally M. Um, I noticed he got three points in the Dally M this week, which I I don't agree with, but I'm happy to see. I don't agree with it, but he deserves it. So he can get three points. Honestly, if he gets three points every single week this year, it's probably still not enough for all the ones he missed out on previously yeah. in his career so I, I will take it all day yeah like I, I always thought it was going to be a Penrith captain winning the Dallium this year but I thought it would be Nathan um, yeah. I'm, I'm, I'm more than happy for it to be Isaiah Yo because he Me too. is I'm very such an with underrated it. player and yeah. you know what just give the give him the award now I don't care if it's a farce yeah no nah, we love <laughs> it we love it when a Panther player wins it <laughs> yeah well I think Greg Alexander in 1985 is the last Penrith player yeah. to win the Dalian. Because Craig Yow was meant to, meant to win in 2003, but then they came the awards. Yeah. And which Nathan is obviously Cle- just because of Penrith. Like, it's obviously a conspiracy against Penrith. Exactly. Yeah. 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 And Nathan Cleary was meant to win it in 2020, but the people who were voting <laughs> had no idea what the hell they were doing. Jack Whiten came and stole something yet again. Yeah, yeah, it was the the Clive Churchill medal the year before, and then the Churchill, and then poor Jack. I mean, Jack's very lucky, but still, poor Jack. He looks very embarrassed. Yeah. Oh, oh he he, yeah, he did <laughs> not look happy to be receiving that no, award. To be honest, he was mortified. Into your way with the premiership. Okay. Well, we actually have a bit of a new segment this week that we'll be running out every now and then it is our big cat chat top fives where we will be doing a different top five each week that is rugby league related and this week we've got our top five favorite rugby league players of all time so i have no idea who you've picked and you have no idea who i've picked um Mm -hmm. all we basically know is that even though we've had the choice of picking out of every player that has ever played a game of rugby league that we've both gone with an entirely Penrith. No, mine are, I've actually oh. got one rogue non-Panther Ooh, and then one okay. Panther that became, became a non-Panther. So I feel uh, like that's, yeah, oh, yeah, I feel like I'm okay. trying so they were, now. They were <laughs> at Penrith and then they left? And I left. Okay, yeah, I'm, I'm the same then, yeah. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, okay. Uh, my yeah, yeah, we'll count down from five to one. Okay, love that. It's very exciting. My fifth is, oh, I've got two that were here and then left. Yeah, I just um, realised I've got three. This? Yeah. <laughs> can I preface this by saying as well, like I feel like my, in terms of thinking of players and stuff like that, I automatically just go towards the present. So okay. it was genuinely difficult for me not to pick five players that are around right now. I know. Um, <laughs> because it's just, it's hard to remember how you felt about certain players when they've been taken over by these new ones. Anyway, um, I tried. And my fifth is Brad Fittler. Um it goes without saying. Um, I didn't really, I wasn't really old enough to see him at Penrith. Um, I think my first memories of footy was when he was at the Roosters. Um, but I just love him in general. He's the best. And I remember when he had like retired from origin and then he decided to come back and he like won the game for us and everyone lost their mind. And he's just, yeah, he's, he will always be a Penrith legend. Um, and he's a legend of the game. And he's just such an exciting player. Um, and yeah, he's my fifth favorite of all time that's a great choice i also love brad fitler like i i know that for the wider public they probably see him as a bit more of a rooster 
and these days he probably is a bit more of a rooster, but I think he's always been very respectful to Penrith. Totally. And he's never really had too many bad things to say about Penrith. And mm. it's just such a nice thing to see the way that he ha- like had an amazing career as a player at two clubs and now is achieving so much as the coach that is giving all of us New South Wales fans so much happiness. Yeah. And he's such a positive commentator. Like I and a person. He's amazing. Yeah. Yeah, like he seems like a really chilled out dude and everything. And it's really yeah. nice to see. Like he seems like someone that would be like just great to hang out with. He just and, seems happy. Yeah. And you can't say that about yeah. all these ex-footballers. Some of them don't seem very happy. Yeah. And like obviously, you know, I I don't know him on a personal level or anything, but he seems like a very morally sound person, which unfortunately I don't think you can say very often with professional sport and rugby league in general. <laughs> Definitely not. Yeah. Yeah. And he's, he's a, like, he just does his own thing and he's happy being himself and he seems like a really nice guy. And yeah, just on top of that, what a brilliant player he was. Like he was, mm. he was before my time for the most part. Like I, I first started noticing rugby league in 2003 and then I became obsessed with it in 2004, yeah. which was his last year, which that was, that was the year that he made that origin comeback, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. I, I have a slight confession to make about 2004 origin. I didn't really understand what origin was at the time mm. and I didn't care about it. And mm. I told my dad that I was going for Queensland just because Reese Wesser was playing for them. No, I literally did the same thing. Nice. Okay. So there was never any pen. No, no, no. That's so normal because there was never any pen. Or well, there was. It was like Hitler and stuff. Oh, uh, not like Gerdler and stuff. But I remember there was a time. It may not have been 04, but there was a time when there was no one but Reese Wesser playing playing in the Origin, like in either team. And we used to at my school they used to put on Origin nights in our like performing arts building. So we'd go and they'd put like the Origin on this massive screen and we'd all have popcorn and stuff. Oh, nice. And I'd go for Queensland because it was only the only Panther there. And like the Panthers meant more to me than, you know, um, than, than the state thing did. So I don't see that as, I find that very normal and honourable towards your club. Yes, yes. That's what it was. It was, it was a Reese Wesser thing more than it was a state of origin thing. Yeah, Reese Wesser's the best. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And the next year I, I found out like what state of origin like really was yeah and yeah. I got a blues jersey for my birthday that next year and everything yeah. and like well that's actually yeah. I, I I bought a blues jersey with my birthday money like I spent oh. literally all of it on a blues jersey and yeah like ever since the next year like I've hated Queensland with quite a passion to be honest like I, yeah Queensland brings out uh, something in me where like I, I don't hate an NRL club like I hate Queensland, but I love Penrith more than I love the yeah. Blues. Yeah. Like like the great, like my favourite moment in a stadium. Oh, no. Okay. Well, my, my second favourite moment in a stadium was being there when Teddy scored that try in 2019. Oh, yeah. But, I was there too. Yeah. Yeah. Great, great time. Um, yeah. And um, I remember I was there with my, my roommate and um i remember i picked her up and i was like jumping around 
like in circles celebrating the try while like I had her like her like hips were at like my shoulder height I was holding her that high and like yeah. I don't know how I did that like I I'm not I'm not strong <laughs> enough to hold a human that high like <laughs> yeah. it was just pure excitement and everything for that moment and so like I I loved the blues, but like for that moment there, I was that year there in 2004, I was a Queensland fan, but now I look back at it and I'd like, and I agree where I'm like, Oh yeah, it's where Freddie came back and everything. Yeah. And was so, I, used- I just remember being in the papers and it was so exciting and cool. And he was so cool. He's still cool. Yeah. Like I, I use it as a moment for my love of Freddie as well, even totally, though I was going yeah. for the other team, but yeah. <laughs> Uh, so my number five is another Panther that left us, unfortunately. It is Luke Lewis. Yeah, he's on my list too. Yes, he was, He was. I felt like I needed someone from that 2003 team yeah, in there. Yeah, because yeah. like I, I've always idolized them so much Yeah, as a team and I love all of them. Like sometimes I'll go, oh, my favorite's Luke Lewis. And then I'll go, oh, but. Preston Campbell Ryan and then, Gerdler. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Ryan Girdler was so cool. He is, I think Ryan Girdler is the coolest person ever to play rugby league. Yeah, he is. Yeah. Yeah. And I'll, I'll change my mind all the time where I go, oh, Luke Prittis, that was the greatest grand final performance from an individual ever. And then I'll go, then I'll look at like the bench and I'll go like, oh, but I love Shane Rodney and like just all these players. I love all of them. And I have another one higher up in the list, but I felt like I needed another one in here. And Luke Lewis, I feel like he represents happiness for me supporting Penrith beyond that era as well. Like we had a pretty barren run after winning the comp for the most part. Yeah. But Luke Lewis was that one star player that was in our team consistently all the way through pretty much. And like we, I always felt like we had a chance because we had Luke Lewis in our team and the way that he was a state of origin and Australian representative as a winger and a center, and then played like a season and a half at halfback because we just didn't have a halfback and was still great. And then went back into being a first choice pick in all these rep sides. Once he moved to the forwards he was yeah. just an amazing player the way he was able to change his game based on whatever his team needed from him. Yeah. And it sucked so much that he had to leave the club towards the end. And I know that a lot of it was due to just like poor roster management from the people that were running Penrith at the time. And I was really resentful to the Sharks for getting him. I had no resentment to him for leaving because I, I just knew it had to happen. But mm. I'm really happy that he got like a lot more recognition once he left as well. Like, it, like you got yeah. to a. I feel like sometimes when a player moves a club, you really notice how good they are yeah. because you see that they can do yeah. it for two clubs. Oh, he was and, he was huge for Canelo, yeah. Yeah, he was. I think like like without him, they they still on zero grand final wins. Yeah, like, he was Probably. he was the final yeah. piece in that puzzle for them. I felt. And yeah. it showed with him getting the Clive Churchill medal when they did win the grand mm. final. He was an excellent yeah. player. And I'm, I'm just glad that he got to end his career 
on a high like that. Yeah, me and too. I hope that we see him back at Penrith in some capacity at some point. Yeah, yeah. Because he seems like such a nice guy and mm. I, I've got this cool thing where I got a photo with him after his final game for Penrith. Oh, it wasn't actually his yeah. final game because he was, mm. I remember he actually, he had cancer, didn't he? And he had to miss the last yeah, few games. Yeah, he did. Games I forgot that. That was the worst. Yeah. Yeah. Well, like it was, the, it was the final home game of the season. I remember we flogged the Titans. Yeah. And he did like a lap after the game and he was, he would have been out there for well over an hour because everyone wanted a photo with him. Yeah. And I got a photo with him that night. And mm. I would have been 14 at the time mm. and mm. maybe 15. Um, and I, then I got a, another photo with, with him uh, at our qualifying final against the Roosters in 2020 because he was commentating for radio up in the commentary box. Mm. And I just yeah. ran up the stairs to the commentary box and I like tapped on the glass and held out the phone and my mate and I got a photo with him. Oh, and yeah. And, and like, he, like, he just like seemed so happy that these two Penrith fans wanted a photo with him. And yeah. like, I, it just showed like, I felt I like maybe, <laughs> maybe I'm just completely waffling here, but like, it just felt like, Penrith still meant something to him. And I was really oh, I think glad they definitely to see do. that. I think they always will. Yeah, yeah, for sure. And so I'm so like, yeah, I, I love that guy as a player so much. And he was such an amazing and versatile player, no matter where he played. And he always gave his all for the club. And yeah, I, I, I knew I had to have someone in there from that era. So yeah, I went with him. Yeah. Beautiful. Yeah. So my fourth is my rogue non-Panther-related person. It's Cooper Ooh. Cronk. Um, I feel like Cooper was my favourite out of the, like, in terms of likability <laughs> for that Melbourne Storm dominant era with him and Cameron and Billy, for sure he's the best. But I just, he was so good to watch. And it's like he's one of those players, I don't think we realised how good he was and how influential he was until he retired. Um, especially seeing when he went to the Roosters and was so influential, <laughs> got two grand finals with them as soon as he went there. Um, it was just phenomenal the way he controlled games. I do think he's really similar to Nathan Cleary in that sense. He reminds me a lot of Nathan. Um, and, yeah, it, I just loved watching him play, even though he was, for, you know, playing for a different team. He was terrifying to come up against. And then off the field, I just don't think he could conduct himself any better. For me, like, for... For me, seeing a football player move his career to another state for his wife's career was huge um, because it's just so unheard of. Uh, I think they're almost expected just to be like a trophy, but he like left somewhere he probably never thought he was going to leave for the good of her career, which was incredible. Um, and I just think he's a great person and he was a brilliant player. So, yeah, he's my number four. I love that pick as a rogue pick. Like he never came mm. into my head at all, but... As soon as you said Cooper Cronk, my first thought was, yeah, he's probably the most likable out of those players. And then you yeah. said it like a second <laughs> sure. later. It's, he, yeah. and, and it's true. Like, mm. he, I, like I think in general people go a bit over the top with the way that they talk about that Melbourne and that Queensland era with hating the players and mm. stuff like that. Yeah, but yeah, I do yeah. get it to a large extent. And Cooper is probably 
the only one out of those players though where you have to really reach for something if you want to yeah. pick at them. And yeah. I think, yeah, he was, I think he was definitely underrated by the general public to a large extent for a long period of his career. And yeah. I think the biggest compliment that can ever be paid to him is the fact that when Melbourne got done for cheating the salary cap and they basically knew that they had to get rid of one of that big four at the time in order to get back under the cap, the fact that they got rid of Greg Inglis in order to keep him, mm. I think that shows something because Greg Inglis is yeah. easily in the argument for the most talented players that have ever played mm. and probably the most devastating player that has ever played. Yeah. And they let him go in order to keep this guy who for a long Paid time. Off they didn't, for them for sure. Yeah, he was he was like at the beginning of his career, he was kind of similar to like a Luke Lewis, where he yeah. was able to play multiple positions. And when Matt Orford left Melbourne to sign for Manly, they decided to run with Cooper Cronk because they knew there was something yeah. there. And they were hundred percent right. And it's so rare to see a manufactured halfback play even a decent number of games in the NRL, but for one to yeah. go on and win the Dally M and to win so many premierships. And I know a few of them got taken off him and everything, but the fact that mm. he still won those grand finals is mm. such an amazing thing. And then, yeah, like he went to the roosters and went back to back. Like they were the roosters for, a lot of the 2010s were that really good team that just couldn't get it done. He comes in for two years, wins two grand finals and leaves. And he like, he proved, I think to a lot of people in a similar way to Luke Lewis, that when you leave that first club and go to the second club, you show that it truly is you. And it's not just yeah. you win that system. Cause I think sometimes you hear people throw out, that someone is a system player as a bit of an insult, but I don't really see why that is such a bad thing if they're yeah. extremely good in that system, which is something that Cooper Cronk was in a Melbourne system, in a Queensland system, in an Australian system, and in a Rooster system. Like he's, he was, he proved that he was more than a system player, but even if he yeah. was, he was an excellent system player and that's not a bad thing. And yeah, I, I loved how much as well, like he, the fact that he moved state and moved club in order to be there for his wife. And like you said, that's mm. such a rare thing in professional sport where it's usually is the opposite happening, but he was like, he's the only one really that I can think of doing that. And I'm sure there are yeah. other examples, but like in terms of top of the line players like that, you just don't see it. And exactly. that was such a nice and positive story to hear. And mm. I actually find myself like siding with Cooper Cronk quite a lot when I see the lack of acknowledgement that Melbourne have for him. Like when they announced the players that were getting the statues and the stands named after them, and there was no acknowledgement of Cooper Cronk in amongst all that with like Slater yeah. and Smith. Yeah. And I think he deserves just as much as they do. Like maybe not as much as Cameron Smith in that he had that extra grand final in 2020, but I think he deserves more praise than 
Billy Slater does for Melbourne's success. And Slater's the greatest fullback of all time. Yeah, totally agree. Yeah, and he seems, yeah, he just seems like a very lovely man as well. And I think I'm not a big fan of him as a commentator, to be honest, but I really like him when he's on the panel and he's analyzing rugby league. Like, I think he gets a bit excited as a commentator, but when he gets a chance to like break down a play, I sometimes just sit there watching it and I'm like, like, wow, like you don't see that from anyone else in the rugby league media. Yeah. Yeah, totally agree. yeah, I like so. I I really really like that pick from you there. <laughs> okay, my number four is the great Mitch Kenny. Oh, <laughs> that's great. <laughs> yeah, like I, I think um, I hope people don't think that this whole Mitch Kenny fan club stuff that we do. I hope people don't think that that's like a joke or anything. Like we genuinely really like Mitch Kenny as yeah. like as a person and as a player. Like he he when he came into the team in 2019, we were struggling big time where it was a, a our former coach comes back under huge pressure to perform with a very good roster. And to be honest, it was failing and it was falling apart by the week. Like we were having star players being dropped and requesting releases left, right, and center. And we didn't have a hooker. Like Peter Wallace retired mid-year, the year before. And we had Mm. the choice of Wade Egan, who was meant to be this great player coming through, who just didn't quite, hadn't quite reached the level that we thought he would. And Sione Katoa, who was a great New South Wales Cup hooker, but to be honest, was dreadful at NRL level, was talented, but just didn't have it. And Mitch Kenny came in as this guy that was on a part-time contract who was only allowed to play because of the amount of injuries that we had. And Penrith had to get a special grant from the NRL to allow him to play. Yeah, and then yeah. and then eventually Tim Grant had to retire just so that we could keep yeah. him in the squad because he came yeah. in and was just this, like, it, it just felt nice to have an honest player out there with the way that he played, like, in terms of he was always yeah. doing his work and getting the mm. job done. And we were getting results with him in the team. And the fact that we at the end of the year when we signed Coruscant, which was needed because we needed a senior hooker, to be honest, in order to win a Mm. competition. The fact that we kept him and let Wade Egan go, who had been the guy who was next in line for years, I think it showed how much Mitch Kenny surprised everyone with just how good he was for us. Yeah. And... Like he's the the fact that he stuck around despite being treated a bit second fiddle compared to a certain other player who I don't really want to name right now. We all know who it was. <laughs> um, he must not be named. Yeah, no, not in a positive segment like this. Um, the fact that yeah, we he got treated second fiddle compared to him for two years basically, but we're still here and then signed a new deal in order to stay and is now getting, once again, the minutes he deserves as a first grader. 
and he's being kept even with Nathan Cleary coming back into the team. I was a bit anxious that Sean O'Sullivan was going to get the 14 jersey because I want it to be Mitch's. Yeah. I'm I'm really, really grateful that he stayed. And yeah. I'm really happy with the way he's progressed as a player. Like I'm under no illusions that he is better than Coruscant at the moment. And I am, I'm hoping that we're at least looking at the market for who's coming, like who's available as a hooker option next mm. year once Coruscant leaves. But, yeah. but if there's no one, if there's no great options out there, I am so happy for Mitch Kenny to be our full-time first choice hooker next year. Yeah, for sure. And um, yeah, he just seems like a really like funny guy as well. Yeah. Like, yeah. like just through his social media and like his TikTok and everything. He just seems like a really funny guy and chill, chill guy. Yeah. Yeah. And like it, it takes a lot for him not to be my favorite current player. And he's not like just a little bit of a spoiler. Um, Same. <laughs> uh, yeah. But I, I, I just really like him as a guy. And there's a reason that we chose him to be the logo that, uh, for this podcast, like big yeah. T, the, the, the lovely man who is the producer of this show told us, you know, whichever player we want and we picked him out of everyone. And there's a reason yeah. for that. And it's because we really like him and we think mm. that he sort of represents what we like about this Penrith team at the moment. 100%. Yeah. Oh, all um, in my feels for Mitch. <laughs> <laughs> my third, I'm bringing my notes back up. Here we are. Um, my third was Luke Lewis. So, um, ah, yeah, nice. everything, everything you said is exactly the same. Um, I just remember he probably was one of the players I was most sad when he left. Like I was like, please don't let it happen. And I think when you're younger as well, and before like all the social media that we've got now, it was kind of a bit of a surprise when they left more than what it is now, when you kind of hear about it for, for months on end before it actually happens. And we're a bit younger. So you just read it in the paper and you think, no, so sad. And when he signed with South and then backflip, that was great. And then he signed with Sharks and didn't backflip, which was not great. Um, so, yeah, for me, it was just like thinking about who I was most upset when they left, and it was definitely Lewis for me. For everything else you said as well, like, there's, like it's exactly how we all feel about him at Penrith. Yeah, I completely forgot that he backflipped on Souths. That's, yeah, I should have yeah. had him higher up just for that. Yeah, for that, just for that. Yeah, just for the anti-Souths agenda. <laughs> <laughs> oh, we've got so many players in common in this, don't we? Like, we I, do. I feel like like just with like this and like the three two ones and stuff, we always, we almost end up repeating ourselves sometimes. <laughs> yeah. Uh, my number Your three. Third. Yep, mine yeah. is another current player. It is James Fisher Harris. Oh, that's a good one. Yeah, I've I've always really liked hardworking players. Like, like, obviously, I like the flashy players and, like, everyone does. But I think players such as Fisher-Harris, for a large part, can be sort of overshadowed, like, yeah. in terms of by a wider audience. And I always, I've just always really appreciated players like that. And I think the way that Fisher-Harris plays and the work that he puts in and the fact that he's 
in the argument for the best prop in the world, I think personally he is. Um, it's probably between him and Payne Haas. The fact mm. that he's in that conversation is such a massive compliment to any player in the front row position because that position is all about hard work. And I think there have been some great props in the past who, well, who have been seen as great, but are just like, they appear great, but maybe they're not doing all of the, the other things that you need from a front rower. Like I, I'm not the biggest fan of Regan Campbell Gillard. Like I, th- I think no, he has. Yeah. I think he's. I think he's approved a lot since he moved to Paramount. Yeah. And for that aspect, I'm like, you know what? I'm I'm happy for him in that way, and that I like to see players do well. But mm. I, I always thought he was a tad overrated when he was with us because oh, I thought he was. He was yeah. Yeah, I thought, I thought he was everything that Fisher Harris wasn't. Where he would sort of, he would do like one or two like big runs off the back of the fence a game, but then would sort of go missing for a few sets where Fisher Harris is involved in everything. And he plays every single minute of the game, like literally sometimes goes 80 minutes. Like I remember a game in 2019 um, away against the Warriors that went to golden point and he played every single minute of that game like it was like 86 minutes or something like that and you just don't see that from a prop very often no yeah no he's a star yeah and like the fact that he plays such massive minutes but also does it effectively and he's not he's not getting like paul gallon numbers but he's not a paul gallon ball hog like he just does his job to an extremely effective level and I was so happy for him at after the 2021 All-Stars when he got the man of the match in that. Yeah. Because he just deserves it so much. And he's just, he's an amazing player and an amazing worker. And he's, an, he's a very aggressive player too, but he knows how to keep it in check and not be a grub. Yeah. And like, like we, I mean, we talked about it earlier, the Mitch Barnett situation. You know, you sometimes see things like that from aggressive players where they channel it in the wrong way. But Fisher-Harris has it completely under control and he just, he plays aggressive. He doesn't do random aggressive acts in order to injure someone or to hurt someone. And instead he just takes it out when he's got the ball in hand or when someone dares to run at him he hits them hard, but he hits them fair. And yeah. I think he is everything that you want from such an important player. And yeah, oh, I think okay. he represents so much positivity about the upturn of results that our team has had over the past few years. Totally agree. He's he's the definition of, you know, playing playing really hard legally. <laughs> Yeah. So. yeah. <laughs> okay. Um, so my second is Nathan Cleary. Nice. Um, for extremely obvious reasons. Um, he's just so good. Like, I, I genuinely believe he's going to be 
we're going to be talking about him like we do talk about the Coopers, the JTs, you know, those sorts of halves um, once his career is done because he's already done so much. He's so young. He's won the premiership. He's won a couple of um, Blues series, you know. He's had the downs, you know, like he exploded onto the scene and then had a year where he wasn't perfect and everyone freaked out. Um, he had doubts about whether he could stand up for the big games, like the the Blues games and the grand final and things like that. And he's just learned from it um, and come back better and better. So for him to be so young and already so decorated and just controlling the team like he is, it's huge. And I just, you know, thinking he's actually probably realistically two or three years off his prime, which is ridiculous. So, yeah, he's super exciting for me to watch. Um, and he always has been, and I can't wait to see it continue to grow. Yeah, Nathan is just amazing, and he's probably most people's absolute favourite, and there's a reason for it. Like, he is is surely, like, if you could pick any player in the NRL to make, like, a Hollywood movie about, like his yeah his story surely like from him debuting through to him winning the Clive Churchill medal after winning the grand final last year that's probably like the most like hollywood career you've ever seen the way that mm-hmm. from the minute that he's been in the spotlight he has had huge expectation and a massive sort of i think unnecessary negative overreaction from large segments of the general public towards him where he's just had a target on his back the entire time. And he's gone through some down moments in his career where like maybe he was in a bit of bad form or in 2020, like when he had the, he, he screwed up big time with the TikTok situation. And then the end of the 2020 season where he lost the grand final, where he had a poor game Mm. and then lost the origin series where I thought he was good, but he just, he had like very prominent commentators like Andrew Johns coming out and saying that he should be dropped during the series and stuff like that. And this last year and for a large part, a, a large amount of 2020 itself has just felt like redemption. Yeah, definitely. And we've seen him lift into being that player that every club, every fan of every club hopes to have. Mm. And we've got him. Yeah. And, and, like, he's another player where so much of what is amazing about him is hard work. Like, I... I dare anyone to find footage of like, you know, a player from another team making a break and Nathan not busting a gut trying to get back there to either stop him or to prevent him from scoring in a good position. Like he is for Penrith what James Graham was for the Bulldogs, except instead of being a forward, he's a halfback. Yeah, totally. And he's such a tough player the way he played through the end of last year with that injury. At so much to the extent that it's what, like six months later, and he's only just making his comeback this Friday. Yeah, it's insane. Yeah, and it shows that he'll do anything for this team 
including getting one of the worst premiership tattoos of all time. Choamps. <laughs> yeah. He's a choamp, but he's surely a panther for <laughs> we life. We love it. That. For sure. Yeah. And he's had he had many opportunities to leave Penrith too. Like he yeah. when Ivan got sacked, he his contract at the time allowed him to leave if Ivan got a job at another NRL club. But he re-signed a couple months later with, and he agreed to have that clause taken out of his contract. So from yeah. day one, he's been completely loyal to the club. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And for years, the media ran with this story that Nathan is going to leave and that he wants to go. And mm. they would call Gus a liar when Gus would say, no, he's committed. Mm. And if at any point he wants to leave, we'll allow him to leave and everything. And yeah. They seemed obsessed with this idea that Nathan was going to go on to bigger and better things. But Mm. he switched that on everyone and he made Penrith the bigger and better thing. Exactly, which is what a good player does. Yeah, without him, we're not a destination club, I don't think. And we now are one. Yeah. And I just, yeah, I love everything about the Nathan Cleary story. And it was really hard not to have him in my five, um, another little spoiler. Um, but yeah, he is such a fantastic player and I'm so glad we have him. And I agree, he's probably a couple years off his best. Yeah. Which is crazy. Yeah, yeah. Like how can how can someone get better? Like I don't get it. I know. Yeah. I I I big call here, but I think I reckon by the end of his career, he'll be in like a mortal discussion. Oh, for sure, for sure. Yeah, yeah. which is, like, insane. <laughs> I can't believe it. <laughs> it is crazy. Yeah. Who have you got for your number two? My number two is the great Reese Wesser. Oh, good one. Yeah, so Reese Wesser is the reason why I even started supporting Rugby League. And, like, he is the reason I was obsessed with the Penrith Panthers. And he's my first favorite player and I was just obsessed with him for years and he was that player for me where him leaving was so devastating to me like I remember I was I was 11 when he signed for South Sydney and I understand that he was told by Penrith to take the deal because they had Lachlan Coote coming through which like it was it was a reasonable Excuse. Oh, like, for sure. I get that. Yeah. 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 It like, like there was no fault in it, but my irrational 11 year old brain was so angry about it that I didn't, yeah. I wasn't angry at Penrith. I wasn't angry at Reese Wesser. I wasn't angry at Lachlan Coote. I was angry at the lady who told me. <laughs> and like, I just didn't like her from then on. Don't shoot the messenger. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Instead, I just, I just had this severe dislike from this lady. This, she'd done nothing wrong. She just said, Oh, did you hear that Reese Wester signed with South Sydney? Oh, it's all her fault. <laughs> yeah. And I never displayed that dislike to her or anything, but like, it was like this like internal thing where <laughs> I had to blame someone for it and I put yeah. it on her. <laughs> yeah. But, yeah, he was this player that, like, for years, like, after he left, Michael Jennings became my favourite player. And I loved Michael Jennings at the time, but it just wasn't Mm. the same. Mm. 
and it was going to take a lot to overtake him, which someone eventually did. But he, like, without him, I don't, I, I have no idea if I would be as obsessed with rugby league as I am. Yeah. And, like, like I feel like that's, like, he's part of the reason that separates me from, like, those other friends that will have that, like, will watch, like, a big game. Yeah. And yeah. like like there's They're nothing not there's nothing wrong with those people at all because everyone has their own likes and dislikes. Totally. And, you know, yeah. Whatever whatever floats your boat and everything. But I'm so happy with the decision that I made as like a seven year old to like dedicate ninety-nine percent of my thoughts towards rugby league. And Definitely. without him, I don't I don't see how that happens. Very good point. Yeah. Uh, before we get to the number one, do you have any uh, players that came very close to making your list that didn't quite do it? Stephen Crichton. Yeah, nice. Which is very current, very current. Um, yeah. He was he was my initial fifth choice, I'll be honest. Ryan Gerber. Yeah, nice. Um, that's probably it. Yeah, I, I, had, I had those two and... Um, Scott Sattler. Yeah, he was good. Yeah, because I I I met him when I was seven and he was really nice. And then like obviously every every Penrith fan has never like will never forget that tackle from him. Yeah. Like that that was the one thing really from that season that I remember because I was only six. And it was just something that stuck with me. And yeah, so he came quite close but didn't quite make it. But yeah. So it's a tough competition. Yeah, yeah, exactly. There's just too many great players that have played for us. I know. Yeah. <laughs> um, so my first, and I actually can't believe this is like legitimately my first, but it is. My first is literally Dylan Edwards. I'm not I even joking it. or taking the piss at it. Like I just I was thinking about it. I'm like, he's he is my favorite player of all time because he's I would get like, okay, when players win awards, I'm like, cool, whatever, they win them all the time. If, like, when Nathan Curry won the church, I was, like, cool, expected. But, like, I would lose my mind if Dylan Edwards won the Churchill, which he probably should have, or, like, the, any sort of, oh, it would just be the best feeling. And I never thought I would say that about someone like him because he was so poor, um, you know, especially in 2018 and 2019. But just, I don't know, he's dedicated himself so much. He's so fit. He does so much work for us. He's probably by far the best value for money player in the competition. Um, and he's just unassuming. He just does his thing every week. You know, he's not flashy. He's not doing the 100-meter tries or anything like that. But he's getting us a good 30 meters every set for us to start on to the point where you're on your third tackle and you're in your own end. You're like, how did that happen? Or it happened because of Dylan Edwards, you know? Um, so, yeah, <laughs> like in my head I thought, is it actually going to be? him like kind of as a joke because I am obviously a big fan but I'm like no it actually is him so there's my first I I had a feeling that he was going to be your number one and <laughs> yeah. I, yeah I'm really glad he is like I think I kept everything... bumping up the list to one yeah yeah <laughs> like, as you're going and through. I'm like no 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 yeah yeah well I think like everything that we've said about all these players so far I think you can apply that to Dylan Edwards times 10. Yeah. And 
I know that you you said at one point on Twitter, um, not long after we announced that we were going to be doing this show, that you want to dedicate uh, an entire f- episode to a verbal essay of why you love <laughs> Dylan Edwards. And I genuinely yeah. want that to happen. Like, yeah. that would be so amazing because I, like, he's not he's not in my top five yet yeah. I still completely agree with everything you said just then he's the best yeah like he's such an understated hero of our team yeah and this this whenever I see something good about him it makes me so happy like that's that, so that stat about him like having justice. the most meters yes it's so good yeah like I and like I know that that's not the entire yardstick with how you measure a good fullback. But yeah. it, you know that Dylan Edwards is playing well when he's doing well in that stat. Yeah. And at the moment, he's 200 metres ahead of the number two. In oh, the- I know. It's not even yeah. close. And I hope it continues. He's yeah. Great. And, and he has genuinely had the best start to the season out of any fullback in the competition. He has. Yeah. And we're in a very blessed era of fullbacks at the moment. Like Victoria and yeah. I were talking about it yesterday where I asked her what position she thinks is the best at the moment in rugby league in terms of having the most quality players in it. And we agreed that it's probably fullback and then lock. And yeah. the fact that Dylan Edwards is like playing so, so high fantastic. Up yeah. When to be honest, there are much more talented players in yeah, the fullback role talented. in the NRL like in terms of talent he's probably not top 10 but in yeah. terms of getting the most out of his work he is number yeah. one and it's daylight mm. second yeah so I I love that pick and yeah I I, <laughs> I had a suspicion you were gonna go for that and yeah good pick <laughs> and yours is I think I already know because we talked about him already uh mine is Josh Mansour Oh, I thought you were going to say Nathan for some reason. No, oh, no, I'm, I'm, I'm surprised that Nathan didn't make my five, to be honest, but mm. it, it has to be Josh Mansour for me. Mm. He was this player who I still remember being at his debut and I remember I got there, like I went to the game with my dad. It was against Melbourne and we got mm. there a little late, like, probably like two minutes before the players ran out. And so we hadn't seen the final team list. And so I didn't even know that he was out there and he was I like, I didn't even see him on the field and he scored the opening try after about five minutes. And I remember mm. my dad and I turned to each other and we went, who the hell was that guy? Like we had no idea who he even was, but, there was just something about him for the rest of that year. I was like, oh, wow, I think this guy's my favorite player. And he only played like 10 or so games, but like for the rest of that year. But he overtook Michael Jennings as my favorite current player within that amount of time. Yeah. And from, and Michael Jennings left at the end of that season. So I was like, oh, well, you know, Josh Mansell's definitely my favorite player then. And... He like he just was he changed the game for wingers, I feel, in terms of we were sort of the game was sort of heading that way in wanting these big meter eater wingers who 
like weren't tiny little fast try scorers anymore, but they they needed to be these like massive men who could just like beat it up amongst the forwards early on in a set and get these vital meters and help the team out, but then still be like crafty enough to score these clever tries in this era of the corner post not counting as out. And I thought he was like one of the best early examples of a player that was able to do that. And he's another player who I think just seems really likable. Yeah. And like he, he just, wonderful. yeah, I felt like he set the tone a lot for our team in terms of the, the vibe and everything around it. And like, he would like be like the team leading, like pl- the player leading, like the, the team's song after a win and stuff yeah. like that. And I think that's always like really important to a successful team to have yeah. a positive person like that. Who's like, like a hype person. Yeah. Who's like, who's like probably like, probably really annoying, but in like a funny way. Yeah. You know, like, like you, like, you're like, you're like, they're always saying something or making some joke and you're like, yeah, yeah, whatever but you're glad they're there. And yeah, of course. I felt like for our team for like 10 years, he was that guy. Definitely. And I loved him so much that after the 2020 grand final, the only thing that stopped me from completely losing it was my thought of, oh, well, at least Josh Mansell has a grand final try. Yeah. Like that was yeah. the, that was like the last, like, thread that I was holding on to that was stopping me from just being a complete mess like even more yeah. than I already was no it was and, very nice yeah and I, I I knew he was leaving like it hadn't been announced yet but I got told off someone earlier in the year that he was like they were looking at letting him go because he's getting on a bit and there's other players coming through yeah. and like I, I was old enough by the time that this happened to be accepting of it and knowing that it's the right decision, but it was still more heartbreaking to me than it ever was to anyone else. Yeah. And I don't know if you remember the video that Victoria posted when she got a swish mm. shout out Yes. from him yes. for me and my reaction to it. Yeah. And that was like such a, amazing moment for me where I feel like it takes a lot to leave me speechless, but I, I had, hmm. I, I didn't, I couldn't think of what words even were at that point. I was purely yeah. focused on what he was saying to me. And I was like astonished that he said my name, like, I, yeah. I and then he reacted to that video. Like, I think he quote tweeted it or said something and said like, he loves seeing stuff like this and everything. And that just like got me even more. And I was like, oh my God, yeah. like, I can't believe this guy is leaving. I hate it so much and I hate everyone, but like, I understand it. And it was such a yeah. conflicting set of emotions that I had to go through for that. But like, yeah. I, a weird part of me last year at the beginning of the year, when I was looking at the the teams and trying to figure out who I thought would do well and everything. A part of me hoped that if Penrith didn't win it, that Souths would win it just for Josh Mansell. 
Yeah. But then, but then when it ended up that we were versing them in the grand final and that he was injured anyway, and I he went, wasn't oh, playing. Stuff them. Yeah. yeah. They, they can get in the bin. Yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Totally. But, yeah. But, but I carried that throughout the year where I was like, all right, well, I want Josh Mansell to win a grand final. And yeah, yeah I, I don't think it's going to happen now that he's out of the team and Souths don't look that good. Like they, they're, yeah. They, no, it's they'll, not get, they'll get yeah. back to that spot, but they're probably yeah. a year or two away from it at the moment. Um, yeah. But like in no way has it changed. Him leaving has not changed like, my love for him at all and like yeah he's just just my favorite to the point that I almost like don't know how to express it like I know I've blabbered on for about 10 minutes about it but (laughs) (laughs) but like I I, it's such a weird thing like I he's just my favorite and it's such it's so strange how as humans we attach ourselves to these individuals and these teams but he is the only individual in sport that has ever come close to the way that I feel about the Panthers themselves. Yeah. Yeah. And so, yeah, he's my favorite player and I really don't see how any other player will ever overtake that, but you know, who knows, maybe, maybe Charlie Staines. I don't know. (laughs) (laughs) You do live in the same building. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. He is. He is my roommate. Um, exactly exa- right. Quite exaggeration, but yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, anyone who's listening to this, please uh, send us, you know, a tweet or a comment or anything about who are your top five NRL players of all time. Doesn't matter who they play for, you know, we had, we had Cooper Cronk in this list. So, <laughs> you know, we can appreciate good players no matter who they play for. Absolutely. So, yeah, it'd be really interesting to see who everyone else's is. It's your way with the Premiership. Okay, this Friday, the Penrith Panthers have their grand final rematch against the South Sydney Rabbitohs at Blue Bat Stadium. Nat, what are you looking forward to in this game? Obviously, Nathan's return. Very exciting. I'm keen to see how the attack might flow um, with him back. Um, apart from that, yeah, keen to see... Tago and Taylor May again backing up from last week to see if they can recreate what they did on the weekend. Um, you know, if Fish is back, I'm keen to see that like that intensity backing our forwards. Um, otherwise, you know, more of what we've been seeing for the past few weeks. I think it's gonna be a good, exciting match. I think South will really rise to the occasion given the fact that it is a grand final rematch. Um, so look, hopefully we'll see, you know, a bit of a test for us. So yeah, really keen to see how this one plays out. Yeah, it'll be very interesting. Uh, I think the main part, the main like thing to look forward to in this game really is the return of Nathan Cleary. And I think the spectacle is helped by the fact that South Sydney over the past, like, they played 80 great minutes of football last weekend, but also their final 10 minutes against Melbourne was really positive as well. And I think it's like, whilst it was really funny that Souths were doing so poorly yeah. and I was milking every moment of it. I think it, I, I really like that it's created a genuine fixture. Whereas like, yeah. 
a week ago, we probably would have thought like, oh, Penrith are just going to steamroll Souths here and it's like a grand final rematch, but it's really not the same two teams. But now yeah. it feels like we're going to get more of that style of game, especially with the fact that we don't know whether Fisher-Harris or Martin are going to play. And yeah, I think it'll be interesting whether to see how long they stay in the the squad for. If yeah. they like, if they're going to give them every moment possible to figure out whether they can play or not, like I feel like, I feel like on game day, one of them will still be in the team, but not both, because you don't yeah. want to risk wasting your 18th man on someone who isn't fit to play. But exactly. I feel like I feel like at least one of them will be given until the final hour before kickoff to decide whether they're okay to play. Yeah, and. But then we've seen the way that the club in grand final week ruled Tavita Pangai Jr. out straight away in order oh, to yeah, to lend you as many minutes as yeah. possible. Yeah. Yeah. And so it'll be interesting to see whether they go with that approach or not in order to give Jermaine Hopgood and Lindsay Smith as much time as possible. Because yeah. I'm assuming that those two will be the two players that would fall out if Fisher Harris and yeah. Martin were to come back into the team based on the team that versed the Dragons. Yeah. And so it'll be it'll be really interesting to see what Ivan does with that because it, yeah, it like it it's a good pack that South Sydney have. I think I think it's there for our full strength team to just absolutely put the cleaners through. But this team that we have named at the moment, I think it's a genuine test and it's one where I'm still confident that we'll get a win and we'll be four from four, but I think it'll be similar to rounds two and three where, you know, you can't be certain of it until pretty much the final play of the game. And I think that's, I think that's a really positive thing for the NRL and for our team. And yeah, I'm really looking forward to this game. I, I, I do think we'll win. Me but too. yeah, I, and I like genuinely so confident that we will, but I, I think it'll be a, a one to 12 style game and I'm not going to be yeah. putting any money on it. <laughs> no, definitely not. No. <laughs> but yeah, I do think it'll be a win. Yeah. Yeah. Not, not wasting one of my 25 cent multis on that. Definitely not. No, no. <laughs> Although the roosters ruined my one last week by losing to South Sydney anyway. So yeah, actually, I had a I had money on um, Parramatta, so that was good. Oh, but, um, yeah. And the Bulldogs, Bulldogs didn't quite get it, but they got close. Yeah, see, I, I tipped Parramatta, but I didn't have any money on them because I wasn't confident. Yeah. And uh, that was one where I the only part of that game that I actually watched was the golden point because I was coming yeah. back from Bathurst. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. Yeah, and... Um, I felt so vindicated that they won, which like it kind of felt dirty to be happy that Parramatta won, but yeah, yeah. <laughs> but I'll take it. <laughs> Definitely yeah. take it. But yeah, it'll be interesting again to see if that is the team that we go with, what happens with Lindsay Smith, because he only played a few minutes on the weekend. Like Chris Smith was ruled out pretty early in the game and yeah. our man was activated. 
But then Lindsay Smith only played like the final three or four minutes. And we yeah. saw Mitch Kenny actually play a fairly decent amount of minutes at prop, which yeah. I don't think is something that we can get away with against South Sydney. No, no, definitely not. So, no. Yeah. So I think we need to use Lindsay Smith a bit better this week uh, yeah. if he is to play. And that'll be something really exciting to see because he's a very promising young player and he hasn't really been given an opportunity to shine given the only yeah. other game that he played was that game at Leichhardt last year yeah, where we awful. were just completely undermanned. Yeah. Yeah. And so it'll be really interesting to see him up against like a, a Burgess and a Mark Nichols or I should probably check that those two have actually been named given that when we versed no, the Dragons. When we versed yeah, the Dragons, yeah. I said, I hope Spencer Lenu puts Aaron Woods into retirement and I didn't realise that, that Aaron Woods nice. wasn't actually playing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Uh, okay yes those yeah yeah they are definitely (laughs) but or or to test out jai arrow since he wants to run at our prince nathan cleary yeah 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 i seem to really hate jai arrow when we verse south sydney like yeah he has a lot to say yeah he does if you actually read if you actually read what they said it wasn't bad at all no no it was quite reasonable yeah but because we're versing them i like took it with such a, a hatred yeah, I get that 100%. Yeah, like I was, I was, I was like aware that I was being irrational, but I'm yeah. happy to be when it comes to my team. Of course, always. I feel like as long as I'm self aware, I'm allowed to do that. 100%. Yeah. <laughs> All right. Well, thank you to everyone for listening. Once again, um, it feels like it's been a bit of a long one tonight. It's almost 10 yeah, a couple of hours right now. Yeah. yeah. And that's been recording podcasts pretty much all night, haven't you? Yeah, since seven. <laughs> yeah. Uh, do you wanna do you wanna plug the name of the one that you were on earlier? Oh yeah. Um it's called Take the Two. Yeah, so everyone, everyone go check that out. It's another rugby league podcast. Um, I've mm-hmm. subscribed to it just tonight. So. <laughs> Good Can't wait to give that one a listen. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, if anyone wants to follow us on social media, our Instagram name is at Big Cat Chat and our Twitter is at Big Cat Chat Pod. Please jump into our messages and comments and tweet replies and everything with any of your thoughts. We get quite a few good ones. Um, Michael Bianchi, I think that's how his last name is pronounced in particular. Mm-hmm is a very good, a very, just a very nice seeming guy who mm. always gives us a nice reply on Twitter and always provides us with some good feedback. And I really like him as a bloke. He seems like a nice guy mm. and it's always good to hear so what he lovely. says. And yeah, I hope yeah. we get, I hope we get more from a few of you because we have a lot of great listeners and a lot of people that I know listen who I really like. So yeah, feel free to jump in with anything that you've got to say about our show. Um, as long as, yeah, as long as you're nice to us. <laughs> <laughs> but yeah, thank you very much, everyone, for listening. And we'll be back next week. Sports Best Friends would like to thank you for listening right to the end. You are our kind of people. Find other great sports podcasts in our family by subscribing. And remember... Social media isn't a bad place, you just need to follow the right people.